and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, day this week. Jesse, ready for the weekend. Hope you are too. In fact, we hope you're having a great and hangover-free Friday as we get set to take you to the weekend here on Tim and Friends. Once again, we get to quote Bob Cole right off the top. Everything is happening. Oh, the NFL. We're going to get to all that. I'm Tim. You are the friend. So is Buck Martinez. The Jays started their Grapefruit League play today in Sarasota. Frank Saravelli dropping by as the NHL rumors are starting to rival those of Kim, Kanye, and Pete. Add Deshaun Watson going to the Cleveland Browns in real life. Yes, it's happening again. In fact, it looks as though it's pretty damn official. And I think Jesse and I got a show. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Everything is happening literally can be used, it feels like, every single day. I mean, every you can always day. use it because it's the dulcet tones of Bob Cole, but it's pertinent right now. Without sure. a doubt. And just in case you are looking for someone or something to softly caress your hand and guide you towards the weekend. We got you covered. The Flames are on regionally in Calgary tonight. We got a little SmackDown, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet 360. And the Toronto Raptors return to Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1 at 7 p.m. Eastern as LeBron and the Lakers are in Toronto for a little return matchup with the Raptors. We bit on the line besides the Lakers' pride, of course. Toronto currently tied with Cleveland for sixth in the East. Cavs are at home to Nikola and the Nuggets tonight, while the fifth-place Bulls are in Phoenix to take on best team in the NBA tonight. You can see it on Sportsnet 1. Now, if all things break right for Toronto, they could be in sole possession of six, Jesse, mm -hmm. Canada, just a game back of the Bulls and a date with DeMar and the Bulls <laughs> looming on Monday. Yeah, I'm pumped. That's crazy. Yeah. Wonder if the Lakers, given the chance to do it all over again, would take Demar instead of Russ? Crazy sliding doors moment for LeBron and the Lakers because right now, well, it's about to. I mean, let's be honest; it's going about as well as 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 homegirl trying to ride a mechanical bull. gotta be ready uh, I love how the build up to get ready to that <laughs> that's about how the Lakers season has gone for oh, that oh that's brilliant it's like a Russell Westbrook jump shot right oh, there oh my goodness this is a busy Friday show as always let's get on with it starting with first things first so what's the talk Bob walk first things first, first. have you um, participated in uh, mechanical bull riding before uh, I have and did you last longer than that uh, poor woman yeah, I mean, it would be hard to last shorter than that poor woman. Like, literally, you could not. That's the worst riding of a mechanical bull in the I mean, history usually of when you're, mechanical bulls. Yeah, usually when you're riding a mechanical bull, like you're, you're having a night. So I imagine that happens more often than, than we think. That's oh, just document. That's yeah, document. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I did it at a resort with like family and friends. <laughs> That's where I did it. Yeah, you're not it was just like, not like this. Yeah, you're 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 having a time. You're not just like 
Going up in the middle of the day and riding she, a mechanical bull. No. Uh, I believe she said LFG yeah. when she got up on top of the bull. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out for her. No, no, no. Hasn't worked out for the Lakers either. Let's no. get to the action because there is a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays played their first Grapefruit League game of the season this afternoon in Tampa against the Orioles. Now, the Jays won 9-5, and we were hoping to have highlights for you later in the show. We are hoping to have highlights for you later in the show. Uh, but not to worry, Jays fans, starting with tomorrow's game against the Phillies, you can see nearly every Jays spring training game right here on Sportsnet. Let's go, Jesse. It's going to be epic because the temperature has been turned up. People have a Jays fever, without a doubt. And part of that is because... Matt Chapman is a Toronto Blue Jay, and he met with the Blue Jays media for the first time today. Sportsnet's Hazel May caught up with him bright and early. I was here at like 6 a.m., but I was like 5.55 or something like that, but which is like 2.55 in Arizona, I think. But, I, you know, uh, I knew I was going to have a busy day today. I wanted to, you know, make sure I could meet all my teammates. Um, I'm now part of the breakfast club. I couldn't sleep either. I felt like my first day of school. <laughs> I've always enjoyed coming here uh, on the road. I've always thought it was a really fun ballpark to play at. Uh, the city's been amazing. The fans are passionate. So, And obviously this team is special. Um, this team has a lot of great talent on it. And I'm just so happy to be a part of it and be able to come in and help this team you know, compete for a World Series. Oh, my God. Did PR give him, like, a script to read? Like, all the right things was there at 5.55 a.m. waiting to meet his teammates. Breakfast club action. Duster's gone, which I'm a little disappointed in. But Matt Chapman seemed to jump right into the deep end. And I saw that posted earlier today. I'm just like, oh, my God. Jays fans are eating this up. Like, knife and fork. Just num, num, num. Well, part of the thing that I think made the Blue Jays so special last year was the team culture. I think about the jacket in the clubhouse, and they seem like they all really genuinely love each other. And it's got to be important to bring in another guy who the front office believes can fit into that mold. And uh, hello, right off the hop, seems like a consummate pro, consummate teammate, exactly what you want. Normally I would stop you on they love each other, they seem to genuinely love each other, but I think you might be right when yeah. it comes to this Jays team. Like... Do you remember the controversy with too much fun in the dugout last year? Yes, I do. <laughs> there was controversy around too much fun in the dugout until they went on a run to end the season yeah. that opened the entire league's eyes. So I'm with you. He seems like he will fit in well, not only on the field, in the lineup, but also judging by at least today. And, like, there's a little bit of a yeah. hold your horses here, but it does seem like he is fitting in from a few clips earlier today. The hold your horses is very important because if I do remember, like we had to have the conversation of should the Blue Jays shelve the home run jacket during losing streaks? So let's just pump the brakes on that and if they break out the jacket again, then we'll take it slow and reevaluate if it becomes an issue. I don't think it'll ever be. I think people who had an issue with that yeah. are idiots. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we'll have much more on the Jays coming up later in the show. Hazel May goes one-on-one uh, with Matt Chapman, who you just saw, and Buck Martinez will join us from Plenty Denver. of Blue Jays content coming up on this edition of Tim and Friends. Love it. Yeah. Now let's go to the NFL because oh the God. NFL is a mess. We were supposed to get like crazy movement in the Major League Baseball, and that has happened, but the NFL has gone a little nuts here. Uh, there's a twist in the Deshaun Watson saga because after the Browns were informed that they were out of the running, yesterday Watson reportedly changed his mind. Today, 
and agreed to waive his no-trade clause to go to the Cleveland Browns. Watson is expected to sign a fully guaranteed, Timmy, fully guaranteed contract for $230 million over five years, and the Browns are expected to trade Baker Mayfield. Uh, now you know why he waived the no-trade clause. Uh, you think it has something to do with uh, $230 million? Guaranteed? Guaranteed? Yes. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> positively do. Here's not a bad a, deal. Not a bad deal at all. Here's how it breaks down. Texans get three first-round picks plus a third-round and a fourth-round pick, and the Browns get Watson and a fifth-round pick. We already know, uh, per Ian Rappaport, that the Texans will be building around Davis Mills as they sort out those picks. So what's your reaction <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on a second. You want to get into the AFC North and how good that seems to be right now. The AFC, they just, the Chiefs just added Juju Smith Schuster to that mix. Like, there is a lot going on. And did you just slide in uh, the Texans are building around Davis Mills? Yeah, they want those picks to be high. Very high. Three first-rounders, a third and a fourth for Watson and a fifth, and the Browns are paying him to, like, what could go wrong? If you're a Cleveland Browns fan who has gone through a history that I have on my computer right now, Des, if you can help me out, go to my computer and have a, like, Deshaun's numbers are nice, he's a great quarterback, but look what the Browns are going to next. Mm. And listen, I love that it starts with Tim Couch, and then we go Detmer win. Spurgeon win, people forget about way too much. Great career in the CFL as well. Uh, Doug Peterson, you got Kelly Holcomb, you got Jeff Garcia, another CFLer, Jeff Garcia. You want to go with McCowns here or there, Dilfer, Charlie Fry. I can't even read the next one. Is that Anderson? Yeah, he put up some good numbers for a quick second. People big Ken Dorsey, another guy who ended up in the CFL. Quinn good, doing well on ESPN, right? Like, look at this. <laughs> doing well on ESPN. Look at this. Colt McCoy, DeLome, Wallace, Whedon, Lewis. And now you add Deshaun Watson to the mix. And listen, I have no idea how to take the news that we just got over the last, what, like year and a half surrounding Deshaun Watson and then say put him on the Cleveland Browns who have struggled to not only hold a quarterback but have any sort of leadership figures on the team. Like, I know Cleveland Browns fans are excited today because of what we showed you first, Mm -hmm. the Deshaun Watson stats. He is a very talented quarterback. But given where the Browns have struggled over the last few years, like, doesn't this seem like another high-risk move by a franchise that has really struggled with finding – Good, solid people to build around? Yeah. Yes, it does. It's a high price. It's three first-round picks. It's 230 fully guaranteed dollars, and it's a guy who didn't play at all last year, obviously, as well. Uh, The one thing I will say is about all those previous Browns quarterbacks, and I, I didn't go through the entire uh, I don't go through the entire list, but well, if you want me to keep going, cause no. we got, but we got a couple of accounts. Do you, do you at least think that Deshaun um, has the best track record of that entire list? Like he's the only one that shows up and is a legitimate MVP candidate starting from day one, because the others were high draft picks, like even Baker yeah, Mayfield. Sorry, right? you had me stuck on the Deshaun Watson track record. Um, <laughs> sorry, but yeah. yes. Yeah. He is a candidate with a good team to be an MVP. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But this is a game where <laughs> I almost swore. Where bleep goes wrong. Right? And the Cleveland Browns have had many shots at what people thought was going to be 
the franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't turned out that way. Listen, I, I don't think this is going to go that way. I think Deshaun Watson will fit in. I also think that he's in a really tough division, as you can see. And what the disrespect for Mitch Trubisky on this board right now. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, all great young quarterbacks. And then Mitch, question marks, question marks. Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> yeah. Isn't, yeah, isn't uh, Dwayne Haskins in that mix, oh, too? Oh, my goodness. I think, uh, that seems I think, wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, the disrespect there to the Pittsburgh Steelers and whoever ends up their starter, yeah. though I believe it'll be Mitch Trubisky, uh, is, is high. That's a tough division. The AFC seems to be loading up. There is, I mean, we haven't even gotten to Devontae Adams. Go to it right now, then. To the Oakland Raiders. Because that division's just as tough. And I have, I, I was scratching my head as much on the Deshaun Watson turnabout. How does Kyle Pitts feel right now, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Who said uh, those extremely tweet yesterday. Unhappy. Yeah. Tough that it luck. was about to get scary in Atlanta because he thought he was going to get Deshaun Watson. Later had to erase the tweet. Probably going to get Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. There's a couple of different... I Colts might be a good landing yeah. spot for Baker Mayfield. He's going to get his trade request. Uh, it was previously denied by the Cleveland Browns, right? right. He had said, I, I want out. They said... Well, they assumed that Deshaun Watson was not coming. So they said, you're not leaving. And now it appears he is going to get his wish, and he's going to be traded. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> they just, they just paid a guy. Yeah, <laughs> just paid a guy eighty million more guaranteed than anyone else in the history of the NFL. Ooh. Preferred destination is the Colts, as I just uh, got a report from Jeff Howe and uh, noted Colts fan producer Thomas Dobby sent that <laughs> over to me just now. <laughs> Wants to get that in. I, I, I love when I say something and then you immediately have backup. Yeah. Well, well that, may, yeah, that makes <laughs> right, us look good. Right on time. Yeah. Uh, you want to get to the Devontae Adams because he uh, gets traded. So is this, is this a bleep you to the Packers, to Aaron Rodgers, to both? My initial thought was, if it's the same money, which it seems like it is, this is just the Packers, right? This is how you dealt with Aaron Rodgers and then put the franchise tag on me was remarkably disrespectful, and that's why I'm bouncing to Oakland? Yeah, that would be how I interpret it. He didn't want to play on the franchise tag. He made that pretty clear. And when you pay Aaron Rodgers that amount of money, he clearly is the franchise. Doesn't seem like there's room for two quote-unquote franchise guys when you're paying that amount of money. But wasn't the assumption all along that Devontae Adams, even if Aaron Rodgers was going to bounce, that Adams was going to bounce with him? Yeah. Like these guys were tied at the hip, great friends, and that they would never part? Yeah, it seems like he assumed he was going to get a different contract than the franchise tag. And he just said, I'm done. Just kicked his feet up and said, I am leaving, so trade me. The money's the same, and he went to the college quarterback he had at Fresno State. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a giant bleep you to the organization, and underneath I wonder if there's a bit of a bleep you to Aaron Rodgers. Like, you got your bag, and they'll never say this. They'll probably say all of the right things, although it seems like both of them like the attention, so maybe they will. But part of it might be, you got your bag and then left me with nothing. Yep. 
Like, how could you not have said, make sure that I get off of the franchise tag, which is what I said all along, that to stay here, I did not want to be under the franchise tag, which is a one-year deal for the uninitiated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You get a lot of money for one year. If you get hurt, meh, who cares? He was looking at all these receivers like Christian Kirk getting big-time money and going, well, I'll get mine when Aaron gets his, and he ended up with the same. Isn't there something on Aaron Rodgers to make sure that Devontae Adams was going to get something too? You would have thought. You would have thought. So now the Green Bay Packers and their fans, more specifically, who were upset going into last year that Aaron Rodgers didn't have a number two receiver, now goes in, at least as of right now, without a number one or a number two. The disrespect to Randall Cobb. <laughs> I do. Bald I do. Scantling. I do like... Uh, I do like uh, Randall Cobb. Yeah. Uh, also, I should mention that uh, Devontae did sign a five-year deal, 141 and a quarter million dollars, 28 and a quarter a year, becomes the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history. Um, but, I mean, the Packers are going to be worse this year because they don't have Devontae Adams in. But, but the, the report was that Green Bay was willing after mm-hmm. to match that and give the same money. And he said, love, peace, and hair grease. Like, that, has, that is a giant anya. Yeah. Is love it, it not? You love, you love doing that. It's like the second time in two weeks that you've done that. Yeah, it's more of a Sid thing than me, but uh, <laughs> every once in a while I have to go to back in the old school and give you the old idea. By the way, I want to just shout out Trey Ford yep. from the University of Waterloo, U Sports quarterback, and, and also there's two Fords that are getting very much uh, a lot of interest right now. But um, he's a Canadian quarterback who played at a Canadian school and just dropped a 4-4-5-40 at the University of Buffalo, and it appears as though he's probably going to get more interest from the NFL than he is from the CFL. I don't know if it's at quarterback, but you have a Heck Crichton Award winner from Canada who's going to the NFL. So the next time someone wants to tell me how good the football is up here, uh, another one of those nine years. Uh, the 4-4-5-40 for a quarterback makes us look exceedingly bad. Quarterbacks don't run times like that usually. Uh, I've watched him play. I, I was under no illusion that we were anywhere close to Trey <laughs> Ford and or well, his second, athletic ability. It's two, it's two seconds and a bit or almost two seconds. That's, yeah, it's a long time. It's an eternity, if you will. That, that 4-4-5 is better than any NFL combine quarterback yeah. time. So that puts it a little bit into perspective. Put some respect on his name. Uh, Okay, we go to hockey, and goalies were the story with the Canadian NHL teams last night. Eric Schalgren, 2-0 as the Leafs starter, making pretty poor saves as the Leafs beat Frederick Anderson and the Canes 3-2. Mike Smith got his first win since February 17th as the Oilers won their fourth straight game, 6-1 over the Sabres. And Alex Ndelkovic made 43 saves in a shutout win over the Canucks as Vancouver lost ground in the tight Western playoff race. Do those results change how these teams are approaching the trade deadline to me? Listen, the trade deadline is so, so interesting right now. It sounds as if the Oilers don't really have a choice on the goaltending situation. Unbelievably, as much as you and I came out here and said, Mm -hmm. get a goalie, 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 this from Specs column a couple days ago. Marc-Andre Fleury does not wish to play in Edmonton, we are told. Ditto Simeon Varlamov, who we were told will use his 16-team no-trade 
list to stay on the island. Anaheim's John Gibson has a 10-team no-trade list on which Edmonton can be found. So what the hell do you do if you are the Edmonton Oilers? Are any of the other goalies available better than the two that you have under Jay Woodcroft? Do you want an answer? Because I don't have one. You hope and pray that these these two guys or three guys can somehow figure it out. I'm. It's a somewhat rhetorical, rhetorical question, I but no, no, no. I'm. It's out there for Canada. It's out there for Edmonton. Give me the guy right now. Even even my Gorgiev, right? Like I said that a long time ago. How many months ago did I say Gorgiev? If you look at his numbers, they're three months ago. They're basically the same as those guys. Mm-hmm. So that's the bad news. And Edmonton's known this for a while. Nobody wants to go there. So what do you do? What's the good news? Well, they've been much better under Jay Woodcroft. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Shout out Jay Zed. The Oilers are 11-5-1 under Woodcroft. Much of that without RNH, Chris Russell, Jesse Pugliarvi. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been much better 5-on-5. Five five. Could they get away with a D-man here and still end up with the season being a success? Or do they need a goalie? And... Maybe moreover, under those rhetorical questions, Jesse, what does success look like in Edmonton this year? Oh, that is a loaded question. Um, I think with, without making a move for a goaltender, I feel like... Um, no, what's success? Cu- uh, yeah, a couple months from now, we're going to look back, and if they don't... Like, I'm having a hard time thinking how they're going to get anywhere past maybe a round. Yeah. Right? Me too. Like, without a goalie. Me too. How? And, and, but how do you get a goalie? So we're going to be in the same spot with the Edmonton Oilers come June that we've been in for the last how many years? It feels like the Leafs and the Oilers are praying for one of their goalies to get hot at the right yeah. time, and that's a tough thing to do. Now, listen. Totally. Shalgren's been hot. Like, everything you could have wanted if you were a Leaf fan. He's 2-0-1, 1.20 goals against, 963 save percentage. One shutout. He it stopped 79 of 82 shots in the... The team also looked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like, how much backtracking? It looked like there was effort defensively from the team. They looked like the team that went on a 15-2 and two run earlier in the season. But what can you realistically expect from a guy that played 26 games with the Marlies and had a 9.04 save percentage and a 3.02 goals against average? Like, it feels like Leaf fans, and I know we don't have a ton of time here, but does it not feel like Leaf fans are hoping this guy is Binnington... Jack Campbell last year until the playoffs. <laughs> so hopefully better in the playoffs. But you can't do that because you got to learn from your mistakes, right? That's the whole point. How many guys have done what Leaf fans want Shalgren to do in this moment? Binnington, Patrick Waugh, Matt Murray, and Ken Dryden? Like... It's the exact same thing as the Oilers. You get to the summer when the Leafs are out after losing the first round again because they went with Eric Schalgren or Jack Campbell, frankly. They're not going in on the playoffs. Schalgren would have to go on like the Andrew I know. Hammond. And run, then everyone's going to say the oh, Patrick Lillian. How run. could Dubis not have gotten a goalie at the deadline? Right. This is what's going to happen. So you can't do this. I know it's a nice story, but in reality, it's probably going to come up short. Got to go to break. But Hampus Limholm, rumors around him, maybe yeah. going to the Leafs. Also, Mark Giordano among the targets for the Leafs. So it looks like they're not going with that big bruiser. Uh, Claude Giroux 
has played his last game seemingly. He stayed at home as the team went on cool. a road trip. Really cool. uh, we're going to talk to Frank Saravelli a little later on. It sounds like Giroux could go to Florida or Colorado, which immediately makes either one of those teams the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, right? Yeah, if he goes to Colorado, I wonder what Daryl Sutter will have to say. Still to come, Michael Grange from Scotiabank Arena, ahead of the Lakers and the Raptors. Frank Saravelli, latest trade chatter in the NHL ahead of the deadline on Monday. And we are three weeks to opening day, and the Jays were playing spring training baseball. One of the voices of summer, Buck Martinez, joins us next to discuss as the excitement builds around the Jays. Tim and friends, busy Friday. Let's go. He told me I was going to be in the net Saturday, and... And I, I started crying. I was very happy, and uh, I'm very excited to to start this. I mm, 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 mm. <laughs> She's nasty. Hell no. Ladies and gentlemen, the man to my left is a NBA champion, and his government name is Frederick Edmund Van Vliet Sr. Welcome, sir. Okay. Renting a paddle boat. No, that is not. Renting a paddle boat. No, that's not right. M. No. W? Uh, no. Sean? Deshaun Watson to the Browns. The big news of the day. Ryan Baker Mayfield right now. Who want me? No, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> La ratata. Deshaun, I'm losing millions in my cell case, so I'm going to need y'all to make it up for me. Oh, Browns. No. Oh. Nah, no problem. No problem. Oh, boy. No problem. And so much so, Jesse, Ian Rappaport tweeting out, important contract note for Deshaun Watson, who got a five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million contract. Base salary for 2022 is $1 million, which means... If he's suspended because of his past misdoings, it will come out of that base. Okay. So you're telling me that if he misses... They built it into the contract. So we're not going to do the math here, like the prorated, whatever. But you're saying if if he misses, say he gets suspended two games. Right. Two out of 17. Two out of 17. Whatever the math is, you're fined. Out of a million dollars. You lose that amount out Mm -hmm. of a million dollars. And what's the what's the math on the five years? Two thirty. A little over hundred thousand dollars that right. he would lose in a two-game suspension, right. if For, it were the case. Yes. Yeah. And then if the it was re- the two hundred and thirty million dollar contract. Okay, so that would be forty-six million dollars per year. Right. If you averaged it out over five years, mm-hmm. it's all fully guaranteed, and then you would take out of forty-six million dollars a little more than a hundred. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> Time now for the best of the week. It is Friday. It is the best of the week. Buck Martinez is going to join us. He's driving from Sarasota to Dunedin, so we've flipped the blocks here. We've scrolled through our social media feeds, scoured the internet, and watched way too much TV and internet for your viewing pleasure. And we put it forward to you today. Show you the options. You can head to our Twitter account, at Tim and Friends, to vote for your favorite. Nominee number one. Normally when a ball gets stuck at the top of the hoop, someone will grab a broomstick, like the old commercial with Dr. James Naismith. Hockey stick, they'll try throwing another ball to get it down. But yesterday... At March Madness, Indiana Hoosiers cheerleading team sprung into action. Cassidy Cerny, Nathan Paris saved the day and everybody went crazy. We got Toss holding Pfeiffer. That's the, Kelly is not tall enough. <laughs> Major.
major issues here in Portland. Why don't we get a new ball? Why, why don't the cheerleaders, they're used to going up high. Let's get it. Yes, get the cheerleader up. Get her up there. This is how you do it. Give her the mob. Now she's got it. One shining moment, what you call. reach for the ball. Nice. Great call. Uh, the great freak Giannis Antetokounmpo likes to entertain us both on and off the court. We've seen him do it before. He's a big fan of hammering chicken wings after a game a couple days ago, March 16th, better known as 316 Day, in honor of Steve Austin. Giannis paid tribute to the legend by cracking open a can of beer. Wow. Coors Light during his post-game press conference. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't usually drink, but I'm going to take a sip. Wait, you got to do it like Stone Cold then. I up? can't do it. I'm not oh, that good. Oh, man. Come on. This is nasty. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> okay, what we got? <laughs> okay, what we got? Uh, what on earth is going on in the Wheel of Fortune, I, Jesse? I have no idea. Tough, tough couple of weeks. I feel like we're being trolled and we're falling for it. Yet again, another viral clip of contestants guessing incorrectly five different times for a relatively easy puzzle. Pat Sajak got mad at us last time. This one made us yell and scream out the obvious answer out loud. I have no idea why they couldn't figure this one out. <laughs> Maybe you just need to get smarter people on this show. I'd like to solve. Okay. Renting a paddle boat. No, that is not correct. 500. T. Yes, two T's. I'd like to buy an E. Mm-hmm. There are two E's. Okay, there you go. And no more yeah. vowels. I'd like to solve. Yeah. Renting a paddle boat. No, that's not right. <laughs> oh. Michelle, you have $3,000. You can spin again, but you don't have to. Uh... <laughs> 600. What letter do you want? M. No. A pet em boat? I have to spin. What are you doing? 900. W? No, Sean, crow. what do you want? I like to solve. Go ahead. Renting a pedal boat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the crowd. I like how the first time around, he said paddle boat differently mm -hmm. than the woman said it the first time. Renting a paddle boat. What's a pedal, a pedal boat? <laughs> All right, head oh. over to our Twitter account, at Tim and Friends, to make your pick. I mean, honestly, at this point, we need to be on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You turn the lights on, the pressure it can get to you. That's all I'm saying. Come on, man. Up next, we'll go live to Dunedin and check in with Buck Martinez. He's made the drive, apparently. Sarah's, it's like two hours from Sarah's. It's not a short drive, no. but he is driving for us. Is he getting caught up in all the hype surrounding the Toronto Blue Jays? We'll ask him. Opening day exactly three weeks away. We're talking Jays after this.
Welcome back, Buck Martinez on the way from Dunedin. Meantime, Matt Chapman took part in his first full day of Jays camp today, working out with his new teammates while half the team headed to Sarasota for a spring training game. Chapman brings gold blood defense, a solid bat, and seemingly a great attitude along with him. Hazel May caught up with the Jays' new third baseman earlier today. A pleasure to be with the newest Blue Jay, Matt Chapman. I don't know how much sleep you got because we were kind of stalking you in arriving. <laughs> and Bobuchet and uh, Santiago Espinal told me you were here at around five-ish. Is that right? Uh, I was here. Sort of? Yeah, sort of. I was here at like uh, about 5.50 this morning. Oh, okay. So uh, I was excited. I, I couldn't wait to get here and get to work. <laughs> Did you sleep at all last night? <laughs> not not too much you know I was uh, still on West Coast time um, it was, but it was hard to fall asleep a lot of emotions a lot of excitement um, so I think I think these last few days have just been a kind of a blur but uh, it, you know I got I got good enough sleep and I'm, I'm used to it by now on the baseball schedule but uh, just so excited to be a part of it the Blue Jays have had really good luck with players from Oakland, uh, most recently Marcus Simeon. What did he tell you in conversations about playing for this organization? He told me how just how great the guys were, how great the staff was, uh, from the clubhouse staff to the coaches to the you know PR people, everybody, and also the fans. He said the fans are really behind you. Um, you know, you have the whole country behind you, and I I feel like they've already welcomed me with open arms, and just to 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 see how they treat everybody, and you know the quality of the people, the quality of the coaches, and facilities and everything is just you know great everyone knows you are not only one of the best third basemen in the league but one of the best defensive players period you're about 18 months um, off of that uh, major hip surgery how did that affect you in 2021 both offensively and defensively yeah, no, no excuses here, but it did, it did, uh, you know, I just didn't have the time to build the strength, kind of got thrown right back into season, right back into the fire. So I didn't really have a chance to, to really catch up and uh, to, to have that strength in my hip to be able to hold it and make adjustments with my swing. And, uh, you know, if I was, I was telling myself to make adjustments and I physically just, it wasn't ready yet, you know, and now I'm uh, a year and a half removed. I had all off season to kind of break it down, get strong again, get flexible, get my movements back. And last year, I just didn't have that time, you know, and I'm not here to make any excuses, but I was, I just had to battle through it. And I learned a lot last year. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that I was able to, you know, learn from that season, get through the season. But I knew that I was, you know, I was going to make my adjustments this off season. I'm coming back this year to make a, you know, a big statement. Former Blue Jay Ed Sprague was on the fan uh, Sportsnet in Toronto, and uh, he comes on the stations quite often. He said Matt Chapman will be the best defensive third baseman in the history of the organization. When you hear that, and I know you know Ed very well. I do know. I love Ed. He said you guys had actually talked about a possible move to Toronto. Yeah. What, what had you guys been sharing? So... I, I had always loved coming to Toronto, loved the city, uh, loved playing in that stadium, and it, it kind of just seemed like a, a natural fit sometimes when you look at the roster, sure. and, you know, and he had always had great things to say, and it made me really excited, and um, so when it, when it did happen, um, you know, it just, it, it, was, it was really exciting for me, and I know he's uh, a big fan of mine, and, uh, you know, that is a be best third baseman in the history defensively. The history. I know, that is a... <laughs> That, that's some big shoes to fill right there. But, you know, I, I 
it, it's something that I, you know, I, I take my pride in. I take a lot of pride in defense. It's something that, uh, you know, I don't ever take for granted. And it's, I want to help this team win. And I know that making good plays can help change the momentum of a game. It can help, uh, you know, save runs, win a game, or maybe uh, just get a free dinner from a pitcher one time, you know? So uh, all, all those things excite me. And, you know, I love Ed. I love that, uh, you know, how supportive he is of me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, who, who knows what's possible. All right, Matt Chapman, I know we're going to have many more conversations for throughout sure. the season. For sure. So I, I just want to thank you for doing this. Welcome again thank for you. the 50th time from everybody. I know, I, I love it. I know the Blue well, Jays fans are thrilled to have you. And same with John Schneider, who is making faces at us. Right let's go. <laughs> All right, Blue Jays fans, you'll see Matt Chapman live and in person. Rogers Center, April 8th. Let's send it back to you. All right. Thank you very much, Hazel. April 8th, it's three weeks to opening day. And if you watch the show enough, you know that I believe that spring training is an annual rite of passage for Canadians. That the, that the sounds of spring signal to all of us in the great white north that summer beckons. And so does hearing the voice of my next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Buck Martinez back to the show. Buck, it has been a while. How the hell are you, sir? Uh, Tim, thank you very much for having me on. I'm great. Uh, it's great to be back at the ballpark. Great to see the boys uh, playing baseball. And we don't have to worry about contracts anymore. We worry about hits and strikes and balls nice. and home runs. And that's a good thing. I'm right there. It seems like there's a wee bit of excitement at the complex behind you, Buck. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, there's a lot going on, of course, and uh, you just heard Hazel and Matt Chapman talking about how excited he is, and you know what, the Blue Jays are excited to have him, and it's another great move by the front office. Not only do they get an outstanding player, they get an outstanding character guy. He's going to fit right in like a glove with the rest of these guys here, and it's one thing I've seen from day one once again this year, that this team is here to work, and this team is here to win a World Series, and it's anything short of that will be a disappointing season. I truly believe that, and I understand now that with the additions and the rotation with uh, Kikuchi and Gosman and Yimmy Garcia, he hasn't even shown up yet. He's expected to come to camp this weekend, and now you've got a premier third baseman. That's going to really shore up the defense. When the Blue Jays play in the shift and put Bo up the middle, you'll have a gold glove defender playing all of the left side in Matt Chapman, and that's going to help immensely because they're going to be those check swing little rollers that go against the shift. Matt Chapman will be able to make all of those plays. You know, we heard Ed Sprague uh, wax poetic about being the best defensive third baseman all time for the Jays. Like, it just seemed like if you were to pick a fit for this team, kind of Matt Chapman checks off a lot of boxes, doesn't he? Boy, he sure does. And, you know, there was a lot of talk and a lot of discussion and a lot of head scratching about Jose Ramirez. And obviously, yep. one of the elite players in the game, and he would have fit nicely too, but the price was just too high. But I tell you what, second best is not bad, that's for sure. And he is a tremendous character guy, prime of his career. And as you heard in the interview with Hazel, he's two years removed now from that hip surgery. And you know what? Everybody thinks you can snap your fingers and regain the form that you've had prior to a major surgery, but that's not the case. It takes time for your body to heal, and then it takes time for your body to understand just where you're at and all those movements and all those moves you make at the plate in the field. It's going to take time, and I bet you he is really pumped up about the prospects of the 2022 season. 
You mentioned Jose Ramirez, and I asked Ross Atkins on the show, he was on the show yesterday, and I said, have they hit their limit? Have, have you guys hit your limit on the amount of prospects that you would like to move? I know you like to keep the cupboards full, the pantry stacked, uh, and he said no. Do you think there could be another move in the works here? Yeah, I think it's very possible, Tim. I don't think they're done. And you know what? When you're a general manager of a great organization like the Blue Jays, you always think about what's next. What's next? Is it signing the next best prospect? Is it bringing in the next best starting pitcher? Is it making a trade for a true established closer? I think that's one piece now that they'd like to improve upon. Jordan Romano has done a tremendous job. Tim Mesa has really developed into a terrific setup guy. Simber and Richards did a great job last year. Ryan Barucki's thrown the ball very well, but you could never have too many swing and miss arms in that bullpen. Yimmy Garcia is going to be one of those arms down in that bullpen, but I still think that Ross Atkins is out there looking around baseball. You know, there are still some free agent closers that are out there and not mm -hmm. signed yet, and they have a lot of prospects, and they have certainly depth at catching. Uh, Gabe Moreno isn't even in camp yet. He's dealing with some visa issues. So, you know what? Kirky looks good. Jansen and uh, Reese McGuire are good, and they've got some added depth in their minor league system now. So I think they could deal from strength behind the plate. They could deal from strength in middle infielders, and I think uh, Ross Atkins is out there just trying to continue to improve this ball club. Yeah, MLB Pipeline just updated their uh, prospect rankings, and Gabby Moreno moved up to number seven overall on those rankings. Let's, I, I know there's a lot of excitement around the new guys, and once we get to know guys, there seems to be a little less emphasis on them in spring. We kind of know Vladdy and Bo now, but both are coming off pretty remarkable seasons at a pretty remarkable age. Is it unfair, Buck, to expect continued growth from these guys? Not at all. <laughs> I think they expect it from themselves. I had a great chat with Bo this morning during batting practice down in Sarasota, and he came over to me and he says, you know, Buck, I love playing baseball. And I said, I know you do, Bo. And the other day I was out here at sunup. Literally at sunup, before the sun was up, he was taking ground balls with Espinal in the covered infield. And that's how motivated he is. You know, he told me the other day, you know, he had a good year last year. He had just under 300, drove in 100, scored 100. But he told me he had never really felt like he was locked in. Mm. So he is really motivated to improve upon the season he had last year. You know, he also said that for the first time in his career, he wasn't the hardest working player on his team. He was outworked in the first half by Marcus Simeon. And that made an impact on him. And he worked his tail off in the second half of the season. Literally took ground balls every day. And his defense improved dramatically. So he's going to continue to do that this year. This is a specially motivated team. And Vladdy, I mean, he is in great shape. He's comfortable at first base. He's not going to play another position. He has no desires to move off first base. He wants to be the best first baseman he can be. And, boy, he's putting on a show down here, Tim, in batting practice. And we'll see him probably tomorrow in a game against the Phillies. But uh, hopefully we're all looking forward to that first game. We are, we're on TV on Sunday when we'll get to see all the new troops. And by then, 
we might even get to see Matt Chapman make his debut. Yeah, we're on TV on Sunday and on Saturday. We're taking the Phillies feed, so you got a lot of Toronto Blue Jays spring training coming up on Sportsnet. Buck Martinez will be part of the call on a lot of those, so I am I'm I'm getting jacked as we speak. One last one for you, Buck, and. This is one of those ones that I love asking in spring, but there's so many new stories that, I, that I'm saving it till the end. Who outside the obvious are you most looking forward to seeing this spring? Like, who is the guy maybe a couple, a couple levels down, a couple of notches off those top big-name guys? Well, I, I just kind of nodded as Bo and Espinal just came back from Sarasota. But, uh, nice. Yeah, you, you think about the guys you really want to see and, and – I think a couple of guys are getting overlooked here, and yeah. they're pretty darn good. Okay. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. Right. And when you think about what they can do in a full season, and of course, George Springer. I mean, everybody's talking about body and Vaux, but when you think about the rest of the lineup and Springer being healthy for a full season, it's pretty darn special. And then, uh, of course, I think we all want to see Kikuchi being healthy, Ryu bouncing back, and Kevin Gosman back in the East. He spent six years with the Orioles. He knows what this division's all about. And he remembers what it was like back in 2015 and 2016, coming to Rogers Center, watching the crowd in that packed atmosphere, and how psyched he was about playing against the Blue Jays. And now he's going to be on the Blue Jays playing in front of that very pumped-up crowd. I think it's going to be a special season for a lot of people, but I think Teoscar and Guriel, I, I don't think we should sell them short by any means. They have the capability of driving in 100 runs once again this year. Without a doubt, and uh, that crowd is very pumped. Buck, thanks for doing this. Great hearing your voice. Good to be back. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yeah, there is Buck Martinez, who did us the favor of making the drive all the way from Sarasota to not even to do that after the break. Uh, we're about 69 hours away from trade deadline in the National Hockey League, and there are some names swirling, Jesse. Yes, Claude Giroux, Lindholm, Giordano, Chara, Saravelli also. He will join us next to discuss some of the landing spots for the big names on the block. And what's it going to cost? Next, here on Tim and Friends. How far away are we? Time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. What's going on, kids? So thank you very much, Sheepdogs. we got an hour to get you through here on Tim and Friends on a Friday. Full hour on Sportsnet 360, which includes Michael Grange from Scotiabank Arena. Ahead of the Lakers and the Raptors, just 30 minutes to go on Sportsnet before Hockey Central takes the reins. Frank Saravelli is going to join us in a few minutes to discuss the trade deadline and... A real 2022 trade between the Blackhawks and the Tampa Bay Lightning that you're going to want to stick around to figure out with the rest of us. But first, the Jays in their first spring training action of the year today, exactly three weeks before their season opener at the Rogers Center. Now let's take a look. Blue Jays, Orioles from Sarasota. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell is this? Top of the first, Bo Bichette hit by a pitch by Spencer Watkins. Takes his pace, looks like he's okay. Jose Barrera, Bar ah, I'm in spring training <laughs> for myself. Uh, he looked good. Barrios looked good. Uh, bottom of the first. 
gets the uh, check swing strikeout. He gave up two earned on two hits with a strikeout oh. in last inning. Now, Bichette here again. Another pitch inside. Oh. Didn't like it. Worked to walk. One of two on the day along with the hit by pitch. Jays win. 9-5 is your final. Meantime, Matt Chapman was in Dunedin working out with the players who didn't travel to Sarasota for the game. And Chapman, who arrived at the complex last night during our show, was also there bright and early this morning. I was here at like 6 a.m., but I was like 5.55 or something like that, but which is like 2.55 in Arizona, I think. But, I, you know, uh, I knew I was going to have a busy day today. I wanted to, you know, make sure I could meet all my teammates. Um, I'm now part of the breakfast club. I couldn't sleep either. I felt like my first day of school. <laughs> I've always enjoyed coming here uh, on the road. I've always thought it was a really fun ballpark to play at. Uh, the city's been amazing. The fans are passionate. So, And obviously this team is special. Um, this team has a lot of great talent on it, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it and be able to come in and help this team you know, compete for a World Series. Oh, Jays fans like hearing that. I would think so. I think they like hearing this music as well. Let it breathe. Is is spring training on the patio viewing the best viewing outside of meaningful baseball viewing? Like obviously watching the playoffs is way better. Obviously watching a big game inside the stadium better. Are you saying at a restaurant or in the backyard with an iPad or something? Either or. Either or. Just in the sun. What about one of those outdoor Nothing TVs? Better. Nothing better. It's nothing better than a weekend, middle of the day, dome open. Let's go. Oh, look at this schedule for you, for your viewing pleasure. We've got 16 of the reigning 17 spring games live on the Sportsnet family of channels starting tomorrow. Jays, Phillies, games also available on Sportsnet now, so you can bring the iPad in the backyard if you don't have that outdoor TV. Just three weeks until opening day. You can watch the Jays all spring long At right here. Outdoor TV, why don't flag? On Sportsnet. <laughs> By the way, you can just bring your TV outdoors with Ignite. I couldn't figure out how to... No. Just bring your TV. I can do it for you. Okay. I will do it for you this summer. It's really easy. <laughs> Speaking of Sportsnet, Raptors host the Lakers tonight. You can catch it on Sportsnet 1, pregame starting 7 Eastern. Four Pacific Raptors dominated the Lakers in L.A. on Monday with LeBron James clearly frustrated. Took it out at Scotty Barnes as well. OG Ananobi, Malachi Flynn remain out. Isaac Bonga and Justin Champeni will be back with the Raptors tonight. Michael Grange coming up later from the arena to the NFL. And another twist in the Deshaun Watson saga today. After the Browns were informed they were out of the running yesterday, Watson changed his mind today. While part of it waiving his no-trade clause to go to Cleveland because he is expected to sign a fully guaranteed contract for 200, fully guaranteed 230 million over five years, and the Browns are expected to trade Baker Mayfield. Here's how the deal breaks down. Texans get three first-round picks, plus a third-rounder, plus a fourth-rounder. Browns get Watson and a fifth-round pick. That is unbelievable. The 230 guaranteed, that is 80 million more guaranteed than any other deal in the history of the league. Must be nice. <laughs> that is the true must be nice. Other football draw for the Champions League quarterfinals went down earlier today. Chelsea, Real Madrid, Man City, Atletico Madrid, and uh, Villarreal, Bayern Munich, Benfica, Liverpool. Uh, that is what we're seeing. So Alfonso Davies trying to wake his way back 
for that tie against Villarreal quarterfinals to get underway in early April. To hockey and it'll be a historic day tomorrow as Eve Gaston will become the third woman to play in a QMJHL game. The 18-year-old will suit up for Gatineau when they play Ramuski on Saturday. She joins Manon Réaume and Charlene Labonte as the only three women to play a game in the queue. Gascon spoke about it earlier today. I got a call from Louis and he, he told me how, uh, he asked me how the, the week of practice was going and I, I told him I, uh, I was doing good, I, I, I think, and he said, uh, yes, I, I think you, you did great. And uh, he told me I was going to be in the net Saturday and, and I, I started crying. I was very happy and I'm very excited to, to start this Saturday. I need to, to do that for a women's hockey. Um, and I want to, to have a good, uh, a good game Saturday to prove that women can play with, with boys. Um, and I think, I think women deserve to, uh, to have the same, uh, the, same, the same thing as boys. So I, I want to, uh, to be good for, uh, for young girls. Awesome. We'll be watching the NHL and the Flames getting set to host the Sabres tonight. Flames won three of four, and they are pulling away in the Pacific. New addition, Carly Oncroc will make his Flames debut. Looks like he'll be centering a line with Andrew Mangiapane and Tyler Toffoli. You can catch the game on Sportsnet West regionally. The Jets, the other Canadian team in action tonight. They host the Boston Bruins. Still looking for pieces are those Boston Bruins. Jets are four points out of a playoff spot heading in and will start Connor Hellebuck in net. A trade this afternoon in the NHL as the Hawks ship Brandon Hagel and two fourth round picks to the Lightning for two first rounders as well as Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. Now Hagel has 21 goals on the season. He's 23, but here's the, here's the ink. Average annual value on the contract, 1.5 million through 2024. Mm. So we are now uh, 69 hours, Jesse, three days away from the nice. deadline, and the NHL hot stove is heating up quicker than Bobby Clark can say Ch Claude Giroux. Or I can say Claude Giroux. Here to help us sort through it all is our friend Hockey Insider, president of hockey content at Daily Faceoff, and the man who broke the Hagel trade, Frank Saravelli. What's going on, Frank? How are you? Tim, I'm good. How are you? I am very good. I need to, I, I need you to start by explaining how this uh, this Hagel deal is remarkably 2022, because there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that made the haul that much. Well, yeah, it's Hagel's production. It's his contract. It's basically his style of play. He's a clone of Blake Coleman. And for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had so much success acquiring Blake Coleman a couple years back and helping him deliver uh, two Stanley Cups to Tampa, they now get their Coleman in 2022 in a flat cap world. And they're able to keep him now in Hagel for the next two seasons. So you look at the picks that go back, the Chicago Blackhawks were only moving Brandon Hagel if there was an opportunity to really kickstart their rebuild. And that's exactly what their new GM and Kyle Davidson has done. I saw a lot of the reaction on social media, Tim, and I was cracking up. The people were saying, how, much, how could you give up this much for Brandon Hagel? And I'm like, you're just telling on yourself because – 
you haven't been watching clearly. Brandon Hagel is a guy that can do so many things in addition to score. He's got a little bit of edge to his game, not afraid to drop the gloves, uh, certainly can play defensively a 200 foot game. So I love this acquisition for Tampa. And what I love more than that, Tim, is this is a team that was lurking here as the two time defending cup champs yeah. just motoring along. Hey, nothing to see here. As Julian Brisebois says, we don't have any cap space. And oh, by the way, here we are putting our foot down saying <laughs> we're going for a third Stanley Cup. We're not satisfied with two. But the contract for Hagel is a huge part of how this could get done and how there would be that many suitors that could drive up this price too, right? 100%. But here's the thing with Hagel is that even teams that have cap space Take a team like the Los Angeles Kings, for instance. There were a number of teams that were in the mix. Yeah. But clearly, with the Blackhawks starting this rebuild here, as valuable of a player as Brandon Hagel is at 23, he's more valuable with that contract to other teams, which is why you see a cap-strap team like Tampa step up and grab him. All right, so let's talk about the pressure now in the East on other teams because in the division, there's a, a couple teams that have been looking a lot, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins. Uh, how much pressure does that put on them? And what seems to be, what are the embers in the fire for them? Well, the Leafs were actually one of the teams that had expressed some initial interest in Brandon Hagel. I had written about that maybe four or five weeks ago, that they were one of the groups that had checked in on Hagel. Um, like I said, the list was varied, but certainly not good news if you're a Leaf fan watching Tampa Bay you know, stack their roster again and attempt to go for it, because as it stands at this exact moment, you look at the standings here, that's their likely first round matchup at the moment. And I would think that as much as we've talked about, you know, the different holes that the Leafs have and how do they fix them and fill them, the key part here is is keeping in mind the big picture, or at least you should or have to be if you're Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, knowing that whatever you do, you could make a series of perfect transactions. You could get the defensemen that the Leafs are looking for to steady their second pair and fix the goaltending, at least in some kind of meaningful way. And then in addition to that, maybe go out and grab a forward if you want to. And yet, you'd still probably enter the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning as an underdog. So I think that's something to consider. I think the Leafs have the defense positions circled on their to-do list as their top priority. I think they've kept a really close eye on Mark Giordano with the Seattle Kraken, as well as Hampus Lindholm with the Anaheim Ducks. And I think they'd like to start there and then see what else they can accomplish. But the thing is, the acquisition price yeah. and cost is hanging there in the balance for the Leafs. It seems right, right now that this is a seller's market. And I keep hearing that Kyle Dubas doesn't want to part with another first-round pick. But then I keep seeing Sherratt go, Hagel go. Like, these are – it seems like if you are going for Lindholm or Giordano, it's going to cost you a first-round pick. Am I wrong on that? At well, least – Lindholm, yes. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. Someone will step up and pay the price that the Anaheim Ducks are asking. But when it comes to Mark Giordano, I think that's where there's some pot a potential opening for the Leafs as they're trying to maybe game out this market and see right. how far, you know, does this go down to the wire? Does, you know, Ron Francis, GM of the Kraken, blink on Sunday night? 
you know, they've been asking for a first round pick. That doesn't necessarily mean that they'll get it. I think at some point, the number of teams that are willing to trade first round picks, you run out of that group pretty quickly. I think the other teams that would be in the Giordano market include the Boston Bruins. I'd probably throw the St. Louis Blues in there as another team that's looking for a partner for Colton Pareko. I don't think the Dallas Stars are in on Giordano, but they're certainly looking for another defenseman. So when you game it out and you try and see who goes where for what price, you know, if I'm the Leafs, you're probably sitting there saying, can we wait as long as possible and maybe have a second round pick be the acquisition cost plus a late round pick to have Seattle make the money work and retain half and another pick that you'd probably need to trade to a a third party broker to make it happen. But that's probably their best case scenario and what they're sitting for hoping for. And I think if, uh, you know, one thing that's in the Leafs favor, Tim, is mm-hmm. that I'm told Mark Giordano, who doesn't have full no trade control here, a 19 team yes list is what he has, is that he's essentially let the Seattle Kraken know, hey, if at all possible, my preference, my interest is to play and go home to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's one thing the Leafs have in their back pocket is that I think ultimately the Kraken and Ron Francis would like to send their captain to a desired destination and all things being equal, if everyone's offering a second round pick, well then, you know, maybe if you're the Leafs, you're in the driver's seat. If not, well then, you know, you're chasing. Yeah. Uh, and they may be chasing. All right, let's let's focus on Claude Giroux because he, he has a wonderful ceremony, gets his thousandth game, everyone's coming out, and then he stays home. Team goes on a road trip without him. Where, where do you think he ends up, Frank, and, and who are the top frontrunners? Well, it's a two-horse race as near as I can handicap it, Tim, and it's the Colorado Avalanche and it's the Florida Panthers. I think ultimately Giroux ends up with the Florida Panthers. Uh, I believe that to be his preferred destination. I think he let the Flyers know that he would consider either one, but has also told them that if if both offers are equal, he'd like to go to Florida. And the problem with that, if you're the Philadelphia Flyers and Chuck Fletcher, is that the belief is Bill Zito, the GM of the Panthers, knows that. And I think that's where there's been a real sticking point, that as much as these two teams have spoken to try and hammer something out, Well, what's being offered to the Flyers to this point is underwhelming to them. There's no deal in place. There was lots of smoke on Thursday night that this was going to get done. Um, You know, people from both organizations had told me last night, look, this is we don't have anything in the drawer. This is not cooked. So the Flyers are hoping that the longer this drags out, Hmm. that the Colorado Avalanche will step up and say, hey, we'd like to, you know, up our ante here and, and bring Claude Giroux to Denver what happens when, if, or when that happens, because Claude Giroux still has the full no move, well, he still ultimately needs to sign off on it. So if it right. ends up being a one-team list instead of two, well, then the Flyers are in big trouble in terms of getting the return they want. There's very little leverage. The other danger in that for the Flyers is what happens if the Colorado Avalanche at a certain point just punt and move on and go to a checkdown option on their list? Right. Then what? Then what do you do and how much does the number go down? Uh, Frank, great information as always. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Frank Saravelli and Jesse, as I told you earlier or as I asked you earlier, Florida, Colorado, whoever gets them, given what they already are, they're the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Yes, yes. Confirmed on that. Such a busy time in the world of sports. F1 season will get underway this weekend. Jesse's going to give us a preview. Let's go. And Friday golf. 
Are we doing Friday golf, Jesse? Got to choose a name. All right, we'll get a name. We'll do some F1. Jesse is on the clock. Next in 10 Friends. Moments away from getting you set for Hockey Central on Sportsnet. We'll continue on Sportsnet 360 with Raptors and Lakers. But Jesse Rubinoff oh, taking the reins on this entire segment. Goodness me. It's all you, my friend. Well, you want to go F1 or golf first? Let's go F1 because the uh, 2022 Formula One season kicks off Sunday with the Bahrain Grand Prix. And frankly, it is very difficult, Tim, to imagine how this season could top the drama and excitement of a year ago. But that is why we watch. And watch we did. Nearly 110 million people around the world tuned in to last year's insane final race in Abu Dhabi. MBS. That's uh, Max Verstappen sure. beat out Lewis Hamilton to win the championship. Right. And yes, there was some controversy. So what <laughs> do we have in store for 2022? Let's find out. The Dutch Lion, Max Verstappen, up against the master, Sir Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes-Benz, seven times world champion. Two of the best drivers that have ever driven Formula One cars going at it. One of the rivalries for the ages. What do you mean with disrespectful when one guy is in the hospital and the other one is uh, waving the flag around like uh, nothing has happened? Crazy. He's over the limit for sure. Of all the drama, of all the controversy, of all the magic moments in Formula One in 2021, it comes down to this. Verstappen now snatches the championship trophy from Lewis Hamilton. And it's going Dutch in 2021. Those controversial final moments in Abu Dhabi set social media ablaze. An iconic moment in sports history to cap the epic championship battle between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. What drama does Formula One have in store for 2022? Hamilton has a new teammate as George Russell makes the move from Williams to Mercedes. It is exciting uh, seeing George come in and bring his energy. I can already feel that with throughout the team. Former silver arrow Valtteri Bottas heads to Alfa Romeo where he'll team up with Guan Yu Zhou, Formula One's first Chinese driver. But the biggest shift this season is to the cars themselves. Several changes have been implemented to eliminate dirty air and create more passing opportunities. Those changes haven't been kind to Mercedes. It's definitely tough out there, bouncing and bumping, and it's not quite happy uh, at the moment. All that downforce has led to slow lap times as Hamilton said he doesn't expect to compete for wins early on this season. The reigning world champion isn't having any issues with his car. Despite posting the fastest lap time in testing, Verstappen insisted that his Red Bull has more to give once the season begins. Verstappen is just pulling away, lap after lap after lap. For raw talent, he's probably the most talented. With a new five-year contract extension worth a reported $55 million a year, Red Bull hopes last year's championship was the beginning of a long reign atop Formula One. They are in pieces and tears of joy at Red Bull Racing. But they are absolutely shell-shocked at Mercedes. Hamilton's media silence during the offseason led many to speculate that he was ready to retire. But at 37, the fire still burns and that record-breaking eighth world title remains in sight. 
if you think what you saw at the end of the last year was my best, wait till you see this year. Well done, Jesse. Thank you, Timmy. Um, so yeah, add it, that to the things that I have to watch yeah. in the next well, little while. You got to watch the race, yeah. and you also got to watch uh, Drive to Survive, which came out a few days ago, nice. a week ago maybe. Uh, I'm already done. It was ten episodes, and myself, Anthony Caminiti, Kevin Mickey, and John Levitt, we did recap episodes like two little chunks of two for Drive to per Survive. For Drive to Survive, oh, nice. And it's up on uh, .ca. So if anybody wants to go check that out, there's that too. But Sunday's gonna be nuts. I mean. Right now, as it stands, Verstappen is the favorite to win again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes are already sort of talking down uh, their car for the year. There have been some car changes, so people are expecting everyone to be a little bit more competitive. Right. But it's Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. So. Uh, for those looking for the recap on Sportsnet.ca, have mm-hmm. we tweeted it out from our account? We have not. Why don't we tweet it out from our account so people uh, can find it a little easier? Bob. Thank you very much for that. Uh, appreciate that, Timmy. Um, uh, are we getting episode number three of whatever the hell we're calling this golf segment with Jesse Rubinoff? Because that it way. seems like you're on a roll right now. It seems that way. Um, and you had said, or I don't even think this was on the air, but you said, we need to come up with a name. Yeah, I want a name. For the for segment. Thing, you want yeah. to name it. Uh, so we decided to send out a poll. I gathered a bunch of the best ones that the viewers of the show had sent in. So uh, the poll is um, just tap it in. Friends of the Fairway, on par with Jesse, thank golf, it's Friday. Those are the options for the segment. Uh, there have been votes rolling in all day, so I have to ask you, before we get to who sent them in, uh, do you have a favorite there? I do like, I think you undersold, thank golf, it's Friday. Thank golf, it's Friday, which um, is currently in second. I also thought that the Tim and Friends, the friends of the show, tweeting in after you had got it down to four was pretty interesting because Brian Leach wrote in and said, nah, man, teeing off with Rubinoff. <laughs> I thought that was pretty Can good. Can you rhyme off and off, though? That's not, it's the same It's the same. Teeing word. off with Rubinoff? Off with, uh, with Rubinoff. That's the point of... Uh, all right, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, Jay writes in and says, this is very close. Don't tee it off, call Rubinoff. <laughs> Don't tee it off, call Rubinoff. So you're going to have to make a call. I'm not deciding. Uh, the Valves Park Championship going on right now. Second round, Justin Thomas. JT started on the back nine. Tee shot on the 225-yard part 317. Ooh, that's close. Nearly perfect. You ever hit one that close, Timmy? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, shoots a 5 under 66 to sit at 10 under after two rounds. Bruce draws Saskatchewan's Adam Hadwin with the lead coming into round two. Drops the long birdie putt on the par 3-8, par 4-16. Hadwin. He strokes it through and drains another one of his six birdies on the day. He also shoots a 5 under 66. It's a, a 12 under par. Going into the weekend, par 4-7, Matthew Neesmith. Approach shot hits in this one. You're gonna like this. Woo! Spins back just over a foot from the cup. One of his eight birdies on the day to go along with an eagle. So that is the man that Adam Hadwin's gonna try and chase down. Hadwin, two back as we draw closer and closer to Augusta. Folks at uh, Ledgeview Golf Club in Abbotsford would like a word on the Moose Jaw Saskatchewan for Adam Hadwin. Maybe they wanna also weigh in on uh, the vote. Yes. On which we what will we what will we be calling? When are we going to call this it? segment? When are we going to call it? If I can speak. When are we going to finish the poll? We'll figure that out in the break. There. <laughs>
Time to set it to Hockey Central on Sportsnet. That just means we're out of time. Uh, Carolyn Cameron, Justin Bourne, and Sam Cosentino standing by. As for us, we'll be back on Sportsnet 360 as Cavi goes one-on-one with Freddie Van Vliet. Michael Grange will join us from Scotiabank Arena ahead of the Raptors and Lakers. Still drawing a crowd are those Lakers back in 60 on 360. As for the rest of you, enjoy Carolyn Cameron and Hockey Central. Tim and friends, Raptors and Lakers coming up on Sportsnet and Sportsnet One. Michael Grange will join us from Scotiabank Arena in minutes. One of the greatest things about having Cabral Richards back on the team is not just the awesome new SN Bets content my guy is churning out. So follow the homies at SN Bets and all over your socials. But every once in a while, we are blessed with Cabby attempting to invade the personal space of some of the greatest professional athletes on planet Earth. Today is one of those days as we unleash Cabby and Freddie as in Van Vliet, as Cab attempts to discuss leadership and a tiny bit of speculation on what's behind Fred's all-star campaign. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, the man to my left is a NBA champion and his government name is Frederick Edmund Van Vliet Sr. Correct. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Hugs feel amazing, don't they? They do. Even better than before. On March 20th, 2019, your son came into the world. Was it Billy's March? Mar- sorry, May, May 20th. 20th. And after that, you played like a man on fire, bro. He's heating up. He's on fire. In the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals, shooting 53% from downtown. That's what started playing well since his wife had the baby. Since Fred Jr. came since into Fred the world. Since Fred Jr., he yeah. has been on fire. By the way you're playing right now, is there another baby on the way? <laughs> Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Not that I is know there, of. Is there a baby somewhere else that uh, is no. here? Because, bro, that's like your superpower, you're the super serum. It's like a new baby, you go off. Hey, well, I got I got a lot more to give, so we'll see. We'll see how my family holds up, but uh, I'm, I'm good on kids right now. We'll see. <laughs> Freddie, you are built for big moments. Congratulations on your recent engagement. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, the last time we spoke, you allowed me to get into here. Between the two ears, Freddie. Yeah, here we go. I would like, yeah, I would yeah. like to be in here again, mm-hmm. sir. Okay. How did you propose to your wife? How did you propose to Shantae? And what are the words that you said to her? I don't think I said too many words. We've been together our whole life, so it was, you know, it was, it was about time. It was one of those things. <laughs> where it was like about damn time. So. When did you start getting this? Like, yeah, I've been getting that for a long time. <laughs> so uh, it was well overdue. Okay, but um, now I need to know the words. I mean, we need to know the words. Like, what did you? Say to her. Uh, what did I say? I think I just said, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Then, will you marry me or will you? Something like that. It wasn't too much words, bro. It was just like, let's just put the ring on and you already know how this goes. <laughs> I was thinking, may I do a, a an artist rendition of maybe, like, well, I'm you in this and you're Shantae in this. No. No. <laughs> no. No. That, that's that's even too far in the alternate. Yeah, yeah, thing. that's yeah. No. What I had planned to. Yeah, we can stay away from that. One. Okay, we're just. You gotta set your boundaries, man. <laughs> you gotta set your boundaries. Bro, I was about to sing to you. Cool. I just was imagining you getting down on one knee. Like, that's nah. 100 percent what I was gonna do. <laughs> Bro, I, this morning I went to look like, you know, because I'm such a an idiot. I yeah. went to like try to find a wig, like, like all right, I want, I'll be Shantae, you be you. Nah, it just is a way to get you to go, like, nah. go there, but I knew it would be a little bit tough sledding. No, sir. 
No bueno. As we wrap up, I, I'd like to leave this on a high note. Uh, for your upcoming wedding, do you need a DJ? Uh, sure. Do you need an MC? Hey, what's your rates? We can, talk, we can talk numbers. We can talk numbers? <laughs> do you need a ring there? Uh, no, no. no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, listen, uh, if it's going to be one of those type of parties, um, I would love to be there. And if it's a party like we had in 2019, bro, I'll definitely be there. We got to remake that for sure. <laughs> yeah, and remix it too. And I don't even know what that means. The bar is high. The bar is high. And the bar is open. Yes, sir. Thank Always. you so much for this Yep. Appreciate you. Setting healthy boundaries, Jesse, is a very important thing in life. And Fred Van Vliet very aptly setting the boundaries on Cabral Richards. Uh, Lakers and Raptors, I wonder what the boundaries will be on who the hell plays in this game. There are a lot of things up in the air as we bring Michael Grange into the equation. You can see this game live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1 as Michael Grange adjusts what I believe to be the volume of my fat-headed voice on his backside. Am I okay, Michael? Can you hear me? I can't, but you know what, to be honest, I just do that to be like a cool TV guy. I like this <laughs> exactly. It. So I, I, no one taught me how to do this. And I just see all the real people do it. Yeah, it's a, sorry, what's that? And they touch their ear, make sure that they're good to go. Uh, so who's playing today, Mike? Like there's a, I heard LeBron is a game time decision. Is that true? Uh, Malachi, OG, give us the updates here. Well, LeBron is truly a game-time decision, and he's going to be like that all year with that knee. And uh, he makes the decision. He's the last guy to come out as the most senior member of the Lakers. So it really will be just minutes before the game. We're going to find out if he plays or not. Uh, OG Ananobi is likely out for at least another week with that finger fracture. They're going to check in on it week by week, it sounds like. There's optimism, but he will not be playing this next little stretch of games or tonight. And Malachi Flynn, who's out with a hamstring injury, uh, there's optimism there. They did end up finding a tear in the hamstring. It's small, it's healing, but again, he'll be reevaluated in about a week. But Fred Van Vliet is a go. Uh, despite what uh, Cavi tried to do to him or with him, <laughs> he is not injured. Nice. Uh, maybe maybe his retinal uh, sockets are injured a little bit as Cavi attempts to get. He's traumatized. Yeah, He's traumatized, traumatized. But yes, but yeah, not injured. Not injured. Uh, so let's talk about that road trip because for me, that was among the more impressive things that I've seen from this team over the last couple of years. Um, what stood out to you the most? about the five-game winning streak all on the road throughout the west coast of the U.S.? They just seem like they're finding multiple people that they can rely on. And at various times when they've had these streaks, it's been Fred Van Vliet, if you recall, just went supernova. Uh, and that got them on a streak. And, and early in the season, it was Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. And then uh, Gary Trent during that eight-game streak was the hottest shooter in the NBA. and. Uh, certainly in this case, Pascal Siakam is, is doing his part, but you could look at almost every game in that those five-game winning streak and see multiple players contributing. Um, even, even though Pascal's scoring numbers were, were tremendous, averaging 27 points a game over his last eight games, including the five wins, it doesn't feel like he's dominating the ball or they need him to get those numbers to get the wins that they've gotten. And they've seen, I think they've settled into a nice defensive uh, 
identity, that's really coming along. And there's a little shadow of a bench unit, maybe some depth with Thad Young and Precious Achua. And, uh, you know, Chris Boucher really is, has been so steady in that role. So I think the minutes are coming down from the starters, and they're just looking more complete, I would say. Uh, that's been my, would be my takeaway over that five-game streak. You mentioned Pascal Siakam, and it's been really impressive, but it felt like a bit of a, a coming-out tour for Scotty Barnes because a lot of the, the big-name United States uh, markets got a chance to see Scotty, and he seems rejuvenated after a bit of a stutter before the All-Star break, eh? Oh, absolutely. He's been amazing since the All-Star break. He was great on that trip, and it's just the growth in areas. He's been so good and so consistent all year. I mean, he's been in double figures, 50 of 61 games or something like that. So it's always been steady, but I think what we've seen on this trip and more and more lately is rather than him just kind of find his way and and be, I don't want to say garbage man, but be an opportunist, I think, offensively, which he's great at doing, he's been given more of a role to either command the ball when uh, Fred and Pascal are sitting or even as we saw down the stretch against the Clippers, he was the point guard even with Fred and Pascal in the game, and it just gives the rest of the team with Gary Trent playing off of him as well, it just gives so much more spacing. And, you know, to see a rookie who's not really a point guard but is kind of a point guard get that kind of responsibility at this stage of his career and this stage of his season is remarkable. And, uh, you know, he's really making a run at that Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, without a doubt, it is. he has nailed the gap on Evan Mobley, who most people had kind of penned in there as the Raptors are narrowing the gap on the Cleveland Cavaliers for that six spot and maybe even the Chicago Bulls on that five spot. But, Mike, uh, the Scotty Barnes opening quarter against the Lakers as they are about to face the same team tonight was as good as I've seen Scotty Barnes play. He outscored the Lakers 15 to 12. He was 7 of 8 from the floor in that game. But something stuck out to me a little bit later on in that game. And when LeBron James was trying to drag his team back into the fight, I thought that uh, he, he went out of his way to send a message by absolutely chucking the ball at Scotty Barnes on the floor. And after he did it, he kind of stood over Scotty. And I know this ain't the no babies allowed league anymore. I know that's just me and Rex Chapman romanticizing <laughs> what Larry Bird and Bill Lambeer and Dennis Rodman and all those dudes back in the day used to do. But did you expect a bit more of a response in that game? And if LeBron plays, might we see it tonight? I thought Scotty's response was perfect. Um, he certainly didn't play like he was intimidated before that moment. He certainly didn't after that moment. And his team won the game. And so I don't think I'd be surprised if that's Scotty Barnes' nature that he's going to somehow press up to LeBron and and try and send some kind of message about that. He's just in games I'm not, to win. I'm not necessarily and talking about Scotty though, Mike. Like I agree with you. Maybe not Scotty. He's the rookie. Like. I was hoping someone else might walk over and just say, I know he's the king, I know he's LeBron, but every once in a while, someone's got to walk over and say, whoa, like, you took a step too far here. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Raptors are cut out like that. I mean, yeah. I think that they are a team that, you know, they, they'll score on the power play, I guess is the way to put it. And they're <laughs> yeah. just going to, uh, you know, the, we haven't really seen that from this group for a long time, maybe since Serge Ibaka moved along and, and, and yet, I don't think that they're a team that gets intimidated. I think they're a tough team. 
you hear other coaches talk about them being physical and certainly uh, you know they're not they're willing to take hits and give hits and but they have a real focus and this goes back to this five game winning streak on this road trip they are a real focus on the task at hand they don't let themselves get distracted too right. often that's why I think they play sort of towards the top end of their ability over and over they play a high effort style with uh, the offensive rebounds and the, the deflections and the steals that takes a lot of energy and I think if you're uh, you know trying to and, and I think that's why teams are people they get under teams skin so yeah. to speak that's why LeBron is mad because he's having to work so hard that's why Nikola Jokic is mad and knocking Scotty down because he's having to work so hard there's no off nights there's no off moments there's no soft spots in a lineup that keeps coming and I think that's really the Raptors identity yeah and even to counter myself they were up enough in that game that you don't give an excuse to LeBron James in the moment to get pissed off and even then he almost dragged his team back into that game in Los Angeles so I'll counter Fair myself. Point. I mean, don't poke that bear and don't poke LeBron James if he's the bear. It's a bad idea. <laughs> right. Well, we'll see if they do it tonight. Uh, Michael, always appreciate you dropping by. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Tim. There is uh, Michael Grange down at Scotiabank Arena. Raptors and Lakers coming up on the network, Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1 tonight with the pregame starting at 7 p.m. Eastern in about 17 minutes from now. Time for one last break. More Rubinoff next. A best of the week winner and what about Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you for voting for the best of the week. Let's take a look at the results. And oh, shockingly, I thought the Wheel of Fortune troll job once again was going to get us there. But instead, cheerleader saving the day. And, and let me say, a great call on the cheerleader saving the day. And why don't we get a new ball? Let's get it. The, yes, get the cheerleader up. Get her up there. This is how you do it. Give her the mob. Now she's got it. Oh, what a play. The cheerleader saves the day. And that's her one shining moment. This place is on its feet. Wonderful call. And I don't know if you saw this, Jesse, but we were getting chirped online about the Wheel of Fortune. Did Jesse just say the pressure got to them? That means he definitely did not know the answer. Jordan writes in Jeez. and says, Tim McAuliffe, you know Jesse yeah, Rubinoff would have... What? Listen, you guys deserve to get ripped, by the way. You what know, you sit here in your high horse. Faisal Kamisa is in the studio. And say this and that. It's time to put your microphone where your mouth is. We are playing Wheel of Fortune to end oh Tim and friends. God. Oh my God. Please step up are you joking? to the big screen. Am I joking? Oh I'm in a goodness. suit and Come a microphone is in my hand. It's coming out There's of no the shadows. Joking. Please. Where am I going? I'm being sent to the you big screen. Stand the hashtag 98. Yeah. Well, I explain what's going on to the people at home. We've You're got fine. five puzzles, okay? Five puzzles. We're going to alternate. Tim's going to start first. Jesse's going to start. They're going to have 10 seconds to guess the answer to the puzzle. If they get it right, they'll hear a ding. If they get it wrong, they'll hear a buzz and tweets from you guys shaming them. Very simple. You guys ready to play? 
I had a tough sleep Sorry, last th- night. There's no, there's no question. That was a this rhetorical is, question. This is, you so guys are ready we're to not, play. We're not playing. We're playing separately. You're playing separately. Oh, but if you get God. it wrong, the other gets a chance to get it right. Okay. Very simple. All right, All we right. got to go. So, so this is make Tim and Jesse look like idiots on national TV? On Friday. So you can think about it all weekend long. <laughs> Thank Let's go. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Who's category first? number one, Tim. We're going to start yeah. with you. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. Your category mm-hmm. is Scotty Barnes. My category is Scotty Barnes. Oh, well, no. way too easy. The puzzle. Oh, in 10 seconds. You know the vibes. Oh, my God. Ding, ding, right. ding. Oh, you know the vibes. The let's go. Let's go. He's on go. the board. He's on the board. Like we got a ding here. Yeah, what the, co- which one? Green light. All right, on the board. No, I'm going to have to solve like, do it this a way. puzzle of some sort. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay. One, you know the vibes. One. Scotty Barnes, you know the vibes. Okay. Category number two. Look at Jesse. This is for Jesse. He's nervous. Look at him. Your category, Jesse. <laughs> Stop, relax. Is food. <sighs> you have 10 seconds starting now. Jamaican beat patty. Ding, ding, ding. You know what? Appropriate. That was a lot quicker than I moments are moving to or are we going to move on from that? Yeah, here's the moment. Here's the moment. Here's the moment. Oh, I can't deal with spice. Here comes Faisal. Did you say that was spicy? You're like... Well, it's really spicy to me. <laughs> Turned red. My nose is running. Is that... All right, that helps ease the nerves a little bit. You're good. You're on the board. You're on the board. By the way, Yo. your appearance on that show yeah. was so fitting. Yeah. It was great. Oh, it, so it needed fitting. To I needed to happen. And everyone's like, oh, it was fixed. He just went to get beef. No. I didn't know what was going on. No. I walked into work. And that's what I said. This was fixed. That yeah, one was. Correct. correct. I got a suit on. I'm ready I for this. I was pretending that we didn't know it was coming. Okay. Yeah. Category number three, Tim, for you. Yeah, all right. The category is winter. Winter. Ooh, that could be tough. Nine, eight, seven, six, Joe's five. Snow. GT Snowraiser. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to lie. That took me a second. That took me a second. I was right. around that time. We have the reference. It's impressive. Let's show the reference. It's not you often a GT Snow Racer last year. You don't know what a GT Snow Racer is. Oh, Jesse. That's a GT Snow Racer. <laughs> I hope we don't have another moment like that. Oh, boy. Like, that is what I'm trying to avoid. Okay. That's why the heart's racing. GT is hard. You go to is that two letters. No, no, I know. It could be, it could be right, literally go it, or one other thing. That's it. Yeah, so hard. Okay, category number four for you. Jesse Rubinoff. Your category... Is Ron McClain. Ten. Nine. Scarborough Slang. Oh! Whoa! Okay, well, I don't even know what this reference is, so let's oh, watch it good. together. <laughs> gotta watch the show. Waste you. Right? You never want to link up with the waste you. Hey! You, yeah. Careful. You over there that looks no. like McDavid. Waste you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it? Yeah. <laughs> You haven't seen that one, face? No, I missed that one. That was unbelievable. Well, guys, I got one more left. And so this one is just the winner will be the person who gets it the quickest. That's it. That's it. Okay, well, at least one of us is not going to look dumb regardless. Okay. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the category, and then I'm gonna count down from five, and at the end of that counting, you could reveal the puzzle. Hey, cool? Faisal, can you yeah. see my bald spot here? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. You did a good job <laughs> of hiding good, it. Good. The category. Yeah. Is Ken Reed? Okay. Five, this is, this four, three, two, reveal. One. Nine, eight, seven, six. What? Five, four, Ken three. Oh, contractually obligated. Whoa! Whoa! Wow. 
to LeBron? Was that it was contractually great. obligated? Or that was great. Contractually if you play obligated. it back, I, I, I gotta be Do honest. We have the moment? If you play it back, uh, if you play it back, I might have said contractually <laughs> obligated. You heard it. You know what? We can't track it back. Here, let's, let's listen honest. to the moment gotta before be we gotta go. Pedal boat. Will you stick around for the? We have Frank Saravelli coming up. Contractually obligated. One day I work. A week is the one day I don't get paid for. So it's weird how this thing works. Because I don't get paid on this show, Ricky, so they don't even give me swag either. Here, you know next magical move you could pull off? Actually pay me for being here. Does he get paid? Because now we're going to have to have a different conversation. <laughs> you know what? If this is going to be, I'm just going to stand in the middle. Y'all say goodbye. Y'all say goodbye. Uh, did he say contractually obligated? Can we just drama here? Can we put it out on the social? No, I don't get paid beyond the next five seconds. So you got to figure out what's next. <laughs> Six. What? Five. Four. And three. Oh, contractually obligated. Oh, he's good. He's good. He went to the table. B A R. He said he doesn't know. Everyone's saying it. That doesn't for us. My brain, it's okay. my brain said one thing. Thank you. you. My brain said We're one done. Thing. We'll yeah. talk That's to you again it. on Monday. Thank you, Faisal. Thank you, Faisal. Thanks, Faisal. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? It's Friday then. Can I, uh, can I be honest with you? Oh, goodness. How calm you are in the moment where you have a lot of poop flying around. That's what we're built for, right? It's moments like these. Blue Jays tweeting while we were in the commercial break. We have signed... You say Kikuchi to a three-year, <laughs> oh, they're making it official, it's oh, a contract. No. Psych! What the hell are you doing over there? St. Patrick's Day. Uh, yeah, I realize that it's a, either that or you <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Don't bring one of those hats over here. Look at that. Let me just tell you, like the fact that I put on this hat means I love you. Because <laughs> I, I am that. not this dude I don't in, know. in I any think it way, looks good shape, personally. or form. Uh, you notice who retweeted that? Yeah, Elliot Friedman. Elliot Friedman retweeted you that. You know why Elliot retweeted? Oh my God! <laughs> Elliot Friedman retweeted that. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? This is an exclusive Tim and Friends first look at the Toronto Blue Jays bobbleheads for the years. I'm gonna offer you a deal. All right. Vlad and Dad. Wow. Double bobblehead. If you get rid of your trophies on the desk, I will give you the Vlad and Dad bobblehead. Can you set up a Twitter poll, Jesse? And I will do what the Twitter people tell me. 61% remains. Yeah. Absolutely. Juvenile champion, 1990. Most improved, 87. Handicap match champ, 88. Jay's front office told us what they were going to do every step of the way. They kind of followed through on that. Oh, 100%. I'm going to take these off. 100% they have. Let me get this straight. Did you just draw the line at your glasses? Yeah. I thought it was too <laughs> much. There was too much, too much light, right. strobe light action right, going that, on. The, the rest, is enough. whatever. The By the way, you. Is enough. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. What?